was the cutest thing I had ever seen. Normally, I don't name names, but we're talking about first grade elementary school, so Doc Tanyon. I was a peculiar little girl, not really weird or super weird, but weird enough for people to kind of avoid me. So I would just sit across from him in the classroom in first grade and think, oh my God, I love everything about him. When I turned my head to my right, he was also the cutest thing I had ever seen. And I would always tell myself, if Dominique, because his name is Dominique, would just give me a chance, everything would be right in my world. But after years of obsessing and being so in love with both of them, one of them used to have the shag in the back of their hair, like, you know, new edition. And after years of being obsessed, finally, Doc Tanyon walked up to me and said, would you give me a chance? For a weird girl growing up in Washington, D.C., Southeast, this was the holy grail of words. Like, this could change your life, could change your social life, could change your uh, school life. If a guy or boy like him says, can you give me a chance, everything would change and I would finally be on my way to popularity. How was I to know that the boxes that mysteriously appeared in and around our apartment was my mother, without telling us, basically saying that we're relocating to Houston, Texas. I hated this woman. You have no idea the deep-seated hate I had to finally get the guy of your dreams and be uplifted and uprooted with no indication that this is coming. It devastated me in ways that would affect me for the rest of my life. It was a crippling pain, I think, in the beginning that made me fear being loved or fear being seen by somebody. And unconsciously, I had to do something about that. But not yet, because in comes my next love, and his name was Donald. Wow, after recording this podcast, I'm now realizing that there was something about the D names that must have resonated with me in some kind of way. Anyway, so now I'm in Houston, Texas. I'm in this pool. I can't swim to save my life, but I'm wading in the water. We're playing tag. Somebody tags me because I can't swim, because I can't go out to the deep end. That means I'm just bait. They tagged me. It's a boy. Um, I'm laughing. He's cute. We are wet. It's fun. I get out of the pool and Donald steals me in my face. Think about how crazy that is for a little girl, you know, um, probably in middle school right now. I've experienced the pain of not really realizing love uh, early, and then I get the physical pain of a jealous person. So I need to protect myself. So in comes Toy the jerk. And the jerk unconsciously said to herself, I'm not having any kind of boyfriends any kind of relationships, let me protect myself to the best of my ability. The problem was my butt was too big. And so in comes the one person who I really believe changed me in so many ways. This person made me realize that when you have a good thing, you may not want to muck it up. But at this point in my life, my early 20s, before Job Corps, 
I'm nowhere near learning my lesson. So here comes the breakup playbook. Before I go there, there are a few reasons why jerks break up with people. You have the, I just want to be a hoe person who, look, I can't be tied down, but I love you too. So let me just rope you in. That wasn't me. Or the, I don't really feel you like that, but at the same time, you do a lot for me. So let me break up with you so you don't think we official. That wasn't me. Or the, I don't like having my feelings hurt. So let me break up with you before you break up with me. That was me. And now here comes the breakup playbook. This is what jerks do. The first thing jerks do when they want to break up with you is look for something to fight about. In my instance, I'm in my early 20s. It took me two hardcore weeks to find something petty enough to fight about. Now, depending upon the day and age or what kind of person you are, technically, it may not really be considered petty because I went through his beeper after two weeks of hardcore work, writing down numbers. And finally, I found a number of someone who paged them and said, hey, what's been going on? I haven't seen you in a while. She thinks it's him, but it's me. And that gives me all the ammunition I need because guilt in a relationship is like gold. There's so much you can do with it. And I rode this thing in the ground. Oh my God, you're cheating on me. You know, what is wrong with you? Are you crazy? I love you. You broke my heart. Full tears, full waterworks because I knew it. I knew you were too good to be true. And look what happened. This is what I found. But I was dealing with a good person. So when you're dealing with good people, they always take you back. So what do jerks do now? Now I gotta bring up old shit. So we're in a movie theater watching, I believe, The Mask, laughing our face off. Jim Carrey is a riot, having a good time. Mouths are open. And then I look over at him, just looking at him and like, I wonder how hard you'd be laughing if that bitch who you page the other day was sitting next to you. Something about a jerk that hates peace. Peace is too easy. You know, I need some confrontation. I need to be stimulated. Let me start a fight. That's the second thing that a jerk does. But if you're dealing with good people, that person will always take you back. I don't know why these people do it. Maybe they're glutton for punishment. Who knows? But the next thing that's on the list is the silent treatment. The way this works is you walk into a room where this person is, the jerk, they're sitting, and then you're like, hey, what's up? Nothing. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. What? Did I do something wrong? Can you just leave me alone, please? This silent treatment, especially when it's not genuine, does havoc for the person who sincerely cares about this jerk. And they would go out their way to break it. And the only thing can break it is a weak spot. In my case, it was two things, pizza and Chinese food. So it becomes what you're doing. Nothing. You want something to eat? No, I'm good. I was thinking about getting some Chinese food. I guess we can get some Chinese food. Every jerk has a weak spot and the good people who've been dealing with this jerk for the longest usually knows that spot and for whatever reason takes the jerk back again. 
But the jerk is relentless for whatever reason that only the jerk knows. They still want a fake breakup. So what comes next? Not being accessible. You call the jerk. They don't answer. You go around the jerk's job. They not coming down. They just giving straight up silence to the next level because you can't reach them. And the worst thing is you're left in your mind trying to replay What did I do wrong? Nothing outside of being in a relationship with a jerk. Go away. Get your life. But you can't do that because you're all the way in. Here's the thing. If the not being accessible period lasts a little bit too long, something happens to the right person. Like the good people, they get tired of it and become used to and more comfortable in not finding you or the jerk. You know, they're like, okay, I don't know where he or she is, but you know, I'm living my life. I got my friends. It's not that bad. Maybe this breakup is for the best, but you're dealing with the jerk. There's no way this person is going to let you go. So in comes the next part of the plan, what I call the case of the missing worthless blue sock. And what that is, you're living your life, you're having fun with your friends, your family, you're feeling better. You know, it it hurt at first. It was two weeks. You haven't spoke to the jerk, but you're starting to realize who feels like going through those mental games. I'm good. And what does the jerk do? Call about the stupidest thing in the world. Ring, you found my blue sock. Now, This blue sock is just a word. It could be anything. They may ask for their uh, wig pieces. They may ask for their jacket. They may ask for their jeans. But I promise you, whatever they're asking for, they have gotten along just fine without it. The only purpose of this call is to ruin your happy life. Let me rock your world. In my case, it was one of the 50 flat irons that I had that probably needed to be cleaned. It probably wasn't even my favorite. I probably need to have it heated and then put some perm on it. You know how you clean the crust and stuff off your flat iron. It wasn't my best. But in this instance, it serves my purpose. Ring, do you have my flat iron? Okay, I'll hit you back. I don't think so, but I'll hit you back. All I want to do is feel and get a sense for Are you okay without me? The problem with this part of the playbook is it's the weakest of excuses. Most people at this point know if you're calling about something so petty, you probably miss me. You probably realize I'm fine without you and I know what you're doing. So I'm not going to take the bait. So around this time, it's probably really over. But you're dealing with the jerk, people. The jerk is not going to let this go that easy. So here comes the last and final piece of the breakup playbook. Let me start a big mouth fight. And these fights are raw. They're outrageous. They're hurtful because you spew every nasty, filthy thing that has ever happened. That's why I didn't want you. Your feet stink. You big belly, pot belly mother. Your breath stink like this, that, and the third. You go in whatever you can do to ruin the person's world. Besides, you have nothing to lose. Let me go at it. But at this point, the nice person doesn't care. You are a jerk. Now they can see you a jerk. It's over. What I learned, best friends, later on in life is this. Regardless if the person was immature or if the person was a really good person and it didn't work, 
All relationships do one of two things. Either they've served their purpose for growth and it's over or it was never going to work. Either way, it's time to let go. Best friend, what I found through my travels is that this is the hardest thing to do. And the reason it's hard to do is because, number one, you've spent so much time with this jerk or this good person that you don't know who you are. When you're standing in another person's light for so long, it's hard to see yourself, especially when you've been broken mentally, sometimes physically. It's hard to know who you are. But if you don't fight it, if you just sit in that pain and analyze it for a little bit, this is where sincere growth happens. I ruined that relationship, but I'm so glad that I did. Not that I was thinking about the future because I'm too young and I got a lot of things to learn, you know, after this point happened. But I realize now that it was necessary because had I had this person in my life, I wouldn't be a writer. I wouldn't have experienced the pain and the things I needed to be able to articulate it through my books. There would be so many things that I wouldn't be able to do because this person was my protector. They were my rock and all I saw was them. You may say, Toy, what about being a jerk? What about the dirty flat iron? What about all of these things? Of course, I didn't know this was going to happen and I needed to get rid of this person in the future. What this person did was love me. And because he loved me so hard and because he saw me, it scared me unconsciously. How can you see me? How can you see my scars? How can you see my pain and still want to be with me? Let me end this before you end me. Hurt people aren't built to be in a relationship that's long standing. They aren't equipped to deal with it. And so they reflect how they feel about themselves on you and make you feel that you are flawed. So what do you do? You spend time being in pain. I say, give yourself no more than two weeks. After that, look at yourself. Look at your actions. The past things that you did when you weren't with this jerk or this person who didn't want you anymore. What did you do in your free time? And start investing more time in that. Did you enjoy dancing? Then dance more. Did you feel like, let me get my body together? Get your body together. Did you feel like, let me spend more time with my family? Spend more time with your family. The purpose is, after you've dealt with the pain, the first step people miss, you have to sit in that pain for two weeks. You have to understand that it's over. Do not answer your phone. Do not text this person. Do not go on this person's Facebook page or their Instagram page. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. The second part is remember, think, consider who you are. The body, the hanging out with your friends, the hanging out with your family. Spend time doing that. That's the second part of it. Sometimes it troubles me because people don't use anger in the right way. There is this emotional triangle sheet that I use sometimes by Jerry and Esther Hicks. But it shows when you're at the point in this triangle where you are in pain, that pain, when used right, could be life changing. That hate, that rage could change your life. There are so many things that I was able to do, including being a writer, 
from being enraged and being in pain that would not have happened but for the pain. Use that to make yourself the best version of yourself for you. What you certainly can do is say, all right, let me do this in the hopes I get back with this person. Don't even make that an option. Even if it's something that could happen, I would caution against that. But even if it's something that could happen, make that the last thing you're thinking about. Use all of that rage, all of that pain to do what you want. Go back to school. Get your body together. Be with your friends. Spend time with yourself. Go to the movies by yourself. Go out to eat by yourself. Know who you are so that when that next person come and, and they see you, you will understand what they see. You will understand that they find you attractive. You will understand why they find you smart because you know who you are. Breakups hurt. Breakups hurt because sometimes we don't see them coming, but they are necessary for our transition. They are necessary for healing. Best friend, I know you are hurt and I know nobody understands how you feel. And I know you can't see or even imagine things being better, but it gets better. And it starts with coming to terms with it being really over. Best believe karma hit me many a times after that. I was in a lot of horrible relationships. That person who hurt you, that person who took advantage of the nice person that you are, will get what's coming to them. But that's not your purpose. You don't want to wish anything on that jerk that they don't deserve. Now, it's that time in my podcast where I recognize one of my twisted babies who hold me down, keep me upright. I love my readers so much. So today's twisted baby is... Hi, this is Tiffany. I'm calling to tell you um, why I'm your biggest fan. It's because you're the only author whose books I don't figure out while reading. Like, they're not predictable at all. You always keep me on my toes. Like, I love your writing. It gives me so much um, life all the time. And my husband and my... I get everybody to read your books because, like I said, your books are very good twist, turn, things you just didn't think was going to happen and just had you like, oh my gosh. I love you so much, T-Style. Thank you. Hey, Tiffany, thank you so much for sending me love. It means the world to me. I know I've probably already told you, if you're one of my twisted babies, how much I appreciate not only you expressing yourself, but taking the time to let me know. Thank you so much. I know you're going to love my upcoming book, Shitless Six, followed by Ask the Streets for Mercy and the book that's based on my actual podcast called Best Friend in a Handbag. Top 50 things your best friend would tell you if she thought you could handle it. Thank you so much, babies. Have a great night. Please continue to support my podcast, whether it be from my cash app at dollar sign author T Styles. I appreciate all of your support. And until I talk to you next time, bye bye.